This is UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. And my bullseye! Now, here is your host, Paul Peck. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We are presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It is Buffalo's original pizzeria. Coming up in the next hour, we will recap the Bulls' big season opening win over Delaware State. Coach Lance Leipold will join us in a couple of moments. We'll also sit down with Bulls wide receiver George Rushing, who made a great UB debut in the game on Saturday, and we'll check on some cool stats for you heading into the game on Saturday against Temple, but we start off this show with the gentleman, and you might think this is Coach Lance Leipold, but the gentleman who actually spends more time with the players from the summer and maybe even until now, he is strength and conditioning coach Lou Corrala, and Lou, welcome to the show. Uh, we always like to check in with you and see what's going on, and and I'm not really kidding when I say that you probably spend more time with the players than, any, than as much as their position coaches. Yeah, since January 29th, I've kind of been... The guy they have to to, to follow and and. You know, I got to lead them, so get the program ready to go for coach. So. I think people that follow college football understand that your position as strength and conditioning coach has always been a critical and important one. But I think as things have evolved, and because of your ability to spend time based on NCAA rules that the actual position coaches can't, the, your position has become so much more prominent in the world of college football. Is that is that something that you recognize? Is that something that you talk about with your cohorts around the country? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we go to a national clinic every year in May. There's a, over a thousand strength coaches there that pretty much all work with football, and it's 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 quite the scene. I mean, we're all trying to get better, but it is. It's important, and, and I feel like the kids they need um, a leader to follow, and it's it can't just be the football coaches because they 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 see them all the time too much during camp, and it just gets you know redundant. So it's important to have a strength coach that they can talk to about anything or you know, whatever stress they're going through, you're kind of like the big brother, but you're going to draw the line where discipline doesn't suffer from that either. In, in consultation with the coach and the coaching staff, you sort of set a tone for the season in a lot of ways. Is, is that beyond getting the guys bigger, stronger, faster? Is that part of what you see as your key role? Well, well beyond it, yes. And I don't think I'd do this job if it was just about lifting weights. That's not why I'm in it. I'm in it to help the kids mentally. And, of course, we're going to get them stronger, but it's about motivating them. It's about making them believe in the, the real possibilities this year and, and just helping in any way I can with the coaching staff. Our guest is Bull Strength and Conditioning Coach Luke Corrala. This is the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. Tell everybody a little bit about how you get to Buffalo. This is your first year here, but this is not your first time in this job. Give everybody a little bit of your quick bio and some of the experiences you've had in college football. Okay, so I started as an intern at South Florida in 2007, and from there I was still playing college football at Defiance College, uh, so that was just my summer. And then the next summer I was still playing football, so I did another free internship when I was off that summer at Virginia in 2008. Then I was a graduate assistant at Mississippi State, and I got my first full-time job at Georgia Tech after that. And then I went back to Mississippi State as a full-time assistant and then I went to Michigan for three years for, as an assistant strength coach again. And at, at 2015, I got my first head job at North Texas, and that lasted one year. And then I got the head job at Louisiana Lafayette for two years, and, and that brings me to Buffalo now. So. 
Uh, what kind of a player were you? What kind of a college football player were you back in the uh, day? I was a skill, you know, tailback. I played tailback in college, and, you know, it was it was a great experience, and it gives me a lot of insight to how to coach these kids, too, and what they're going through. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, not only are, are you good at what you do uh, and smart about the strength and conditioning part, but you've been in their shoes, right? And I think that carries a lot of – do you sense that that carries a lot of weight with the players, that they know you've been where they are? It's, it holds a lot of weight with, you know, you know what you're talking about, but also with the weight, with the workouts they're doing, I don't ever give a kid a workout. I haven't tried myself either. So I can still jump in at any time, and they, they know I can. I've tried it, so I know it's safe, and I know how to coach it when they hit a wall. Uh, I know if, if, if Bulls fans that have followed the program have seen some of the videos from over the summer, they've seen a lot of the players uh, tweeting out their workout videos, uh, the, the inspiration, the guys dressing up as superheroes. Uh, that's it, it, Take me through a little bit of how you keep the guys engaged during the summertime with that. I think it's huge. If, if you lose them, it, you'll lose them because it's boring. And, I, and that's one th- goal of mine that I've, I've always tried to – uh, not let happen. I, I don't want the program to be stale. So every time, you know, Friday comes around, there's always a themed workout. And there's always a different idea that I'm coming up with to try to send a different message home to them or drive it home. So 4th of July, we, you know, we dressed up in American gear. And, you know, the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. So we did 1,776 reps of a total body workout. And I did it with them. Our whole staff did. And, and then there's also, there's also uh, much harder ones where you're paired up individually against someone else that you have to go against them in 14 different events, and the only way you win is if they quit. So there's a lot of stuff that you, you try to, to mold the team with, but you also want to give them memories that they'll never forget in a positive way. You, uh, I noticed that during the summer, during those workouts, you, you, and you alluded to it, divided the team up into teams and chose captains. And some of the most prominent players on the football field were the prominent captains of the workout teams. By design, and take me through how some of the guys, even like a Tyree Jackson, sort of evolved as a leader and a workout guy. Well, it's, it's great because the eight teams that our team is in right now, it's still going on. You know, the last place team gets uh, reminded why it's not okay to be last every week. And then the winners get – my wife makes cookies for them every Thursday. Uh, they, get the, they get to eat first on the road at, at, in the hotels. But all in all, the competition is ongoing. And I think that gives a lot of incentive for the kids to train and, and really want to do well with um, every time they compete in the weight room. Well, and then guys like Tyree, like you were saying, uh, it, it makes them be – very vocal all year long because they got to get their guys going if they want to get them to respond. One of the highlights of the summertime uh, was the hamstring, I don't know, hamstring challenge, whatever we want to call it, with Bulls wide receiver Giovanni Ruiz that really kind of went nuts around the country. Uh, Take me through how that thing all evolved uh, and how Giovanni was actually able to do something that I don't think most people ever feel like they could even try. Uh, it, it was, it's called the Nordic hamstring curl. We, we do it really on every lower body day, not a lot of reps, but the way Giovanni does it, it caught the eye of America pretty much yeah. when we just posted on our little strength site and I saw ESPN retweeted it. And it, I, at that point it was, it was over. Um, Giovanni makes that thing look very easy, and it's the, one of the hardest things. I, 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 I can only imagine exactly, because you just don't – seen, you've seen other players try it and couldn't do it, guys that you know are at peak physical skill. Yeah, 
Um, tell me about your relationship with Coach and how Coach Leipold sort of gives you an idea of what he's looking for and how you in turn uh, interact with Coach about what you're seeing and the progress being made by the players. Uh, I'm very thankful for Coach. Uh, I respect the way he, he goes about his business every day. He keeps me on, on point, too, with everything that's going on. Um, I just respect him. You know, it's a lot of people try to uh, demand respect. I think Lance really earns it. And he doesn't ask for it. It's just the way he is. He's 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 all business, and he, he just he's a great person beyond the coach, and that that's why I really respect him a lot. Just the program he runs is the right way to do it. Um, and final question for you, Lou, as we speak with Bull Strength and Conditioning Coach Lou Corrala. What's your role in the season now? What's your role on game day? You know, how much does it change from from having a, kind of 100% of the focus of the guys during the summer to now fitting yourself into game day and rehab and meetings and everything else? So the team's kind of split up into three different lift groups. The, the guys that don't play at all, the guys that play a little, and the guys that play a lot. So those guys will be lifting different ways all week. And then for my involvement, it's not really changed, but it's just not every day to the extent it was. Um, game day, it's just uh, getting the guys stretched out more, um, getting fired up before the warm-up, and then making sure, of course, they're staying back on the sideline. All right, yeah. behind that black yeah, line that's right you're the get back you're the get back coach i should have introduced you yep. officially as strength and conditioning and get back coach all right last thing for you trip to philadelphia this weekend if you're already working 1776 themes in the summertime have you got anything planned for the patriotic trip to uh, one of america's most historic cities this weekend i just think the uh it, it's time to earn respect from a national perspective and that that's kind of the theme i'm going with you know i don't I don't think anyone really knows what we're about yet still, and, and that's what's firing us up. All right. Hey, congratulations on a great uh, amount of work. Anybody that saw the Bulls on Saturday and sees them at any point knows they, they look better, faster, uh, bigger, everything that you've played a role in. So thank you for all that good work. I know Bulls fans are excited to have you here. Thanks so much. Luke Corral is the Bulls' strength and conditioning coach and a key member of the coaching staff. Maybe as important, if not more important, than the coordinators, position coaches, and everybody else. He gets the guys ready to play. We're going to find out how ready they were to play Saturday and how how ready they'll be against Temple when we dive into this game and the pass game with Bulls head coach Lance Leipold. More to come on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We are presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It is Buffalo's original pizzeria. And we are now joined by the Bulls head coach, Lance Leipold, 1-0 on the season after the big victory to open things up over Delaware State, 48-10. to Coach, uh, congratulations on the win. You know, we've... We talked a week ago about these are sort of funny games sometimes, <laughs> but uh, I would suspect that this one went almost exactly as you would hope it went, a, a, a relatively easy, big victory that gave you a chance to see a lot of players. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, Paul. I, I think it went well, uh, not just with the score, but I think we stayed fairly healthy. I think, like you said, we got a lot of people in, and yet there's plenty of things on the film that we need to get better at. So, um, yeah, about as good as it could be planned, uh, I guess, uh, as far as that goes. And uh, like you said, a, a good part of that was the amount of players we were able to get in that game. Yeah, I think it was almost over 50 players that you were able to play, well, and, and that's unusual. It's been unusual for you and your tenure here, and it's just generally unusual usual in college football yeah, anyway very un, you know very unusual for us we're very glad to do it is actually over 80 players we got in the game wow so it was uh 
a, a great opportunity. We have a lot of guys, you know, within the program that work very hard in, in many different roles. And, and for some of them, they don't get a lot of, a lot of time on, on game day in that. And for some of those, it was their first college experience, and we're excited that we were able to get that done. Let's start by talking about your offense uh, and the efficiency that it operated with after a, a, an opening drive that, that didn't get anywhere. I think every other drive for the next six or seven mm-hmm. wound up resulting in touchdowns. Yes, we did. And, and, you know, we talked about it as a staff a little bit on, on Sunday was, you know, we had some players, you know, in those on the field at that time really hadn't been tackled yet and had been tackled since last season, um, really limited them in, in what were live situations, spring and fall, and probably a little hesitancy in there, uh, you know, kind of getting used to some of that and, you know, had a couple drops and, and some things that probably just, you know, a little slow getting that first series started. But after that, I was very pleased with the way it got clicking. Tyree Jackson throws six touchdown passes, five of them in the first half. Those six touchdown passes, second only to Drew Anderson, seven in the overtime game last year as far as the school record goes. I thought what was interesting about that was those six touchdown passes went to four different players. Is that Mm -hmm. indicative of the offense and Tyree's ability to not just lock in on Anthony Johnson but to find the open receiver? Is there some of that from seeing those numbers? I think yes to both of those, Paul. I, I think we you know we're, we've been very confident about the depth at that position, and says a lot about Tyree and making sure that you know he's going to get it to the open guy. Um, you know, we wanted to get the ball in Anthony's hands early in the game and early in the first quarter, which we were able to. But at the same time, as things present itself, he went to the open receivers. There was two of the touchdowns in particular that stood out to me, uh, and and the one relates to, to to you and the coaching staff was the fourth and seven from about I think the thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, a going for it at that point is um, all of a sudden shows a little more aggressiveness I think on offense mm-hmm. uh, and and it was just a perfectly thrown ball in a, a two yard window that had to hit KJ Osborne before he takes his next step and gets out of bound it was everything about that mm-hmm. from the the going for it to the throw was something that opened your eyes well yes you know we we want to continue to be more aggressive you know, throughout our offensive philosophy, which I think we started some last year and and we're going to continue to progress in that. I I think the game situation presented itself that we could go for more fourth downs. Also, though, then you're talking a 49-yard field goal and it's still early in the game. So all those things with with the weapons that we feel we have, the timing of the game, it was time to go for some of those. Yeah, and the other one was Anthony Johnson's lone touchdown catch of the game in the far right hand corner, which was again, a perfectly thrown ball drop in and over the top of his in, outside shoulder toe tap. I mean, everything about that play was showed two guys that you know are amongst the best in the country. Yes, you know the. I guess I say the unfortunate part of that is that was a great play, but he's made so many of them. It's like people are like, yeah, that's kind of what they expected of it, you know. And for that to go under review, to get the foot in, to do all the things, the coverage was very good on the play. The ball, like you said, was put where it was needed to be. But that that was one heck of a play and catch by and throw by Tyree and Anthony both. Uh, on the other side of the ball, defense forcing four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is something that I know, uh, as you looked at last year, you wanted your defense to do better and more of. Uh Again, is it an indication of maybe the mindset that your defensive players have now? Well, we worked hard on it, you know, throughout the spring, fall camp. You, you know, sometimes it's the luck of the draw. I hate to say that because you know the other side of the ball is coaching it 
uh, on their side, too, to have great ball security. But to be able to create that, get an interception, Dev Russell did a nice job there. But to be able to knock the ball out and get to the quarterback and do different things, I, I definitely is a step in the right direction. And one of those turnovers forced uh, by a player making his debut, in your case, it was Ladarius Mack with a sack. Uh, overall, not a bad weekend for the Mack family, was uh, it? You no, know, in many ways. Um, but, you know, Ladarius, we, you know, we've been anxious about, you know, getting him out there. Um, you know, we made the position change, uh, you know, partially during last season, made it, uh, made the move uh, permanent in the spring. Uh, very willing, you know, uh, he has, a, you know, great burst and quickness, and uh, we got to find different ways to take advantage of that, especially in passing situations. Yeah, and I know you've had a chance through Ladarius to even get to know his brother Khalil even more, and just to think that a kid that roamed the hallways here is now the highest paid player in NFL defensive history is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, congratulations to him. Well-deserved. Um, but, you know, you, when you had a chance in, you know, in our limited time here to, to meet him, his father, uh, that whole family, very humble, hardworking people to, you know, the, the values that you want. And, uh, you know, that's a, you know, a great, uh, a great accomplishment for him. And I know he's anxious to get back on the field. All right. When we come back with coach, we'll dive into this week's matchup with the Temple Owls. I want to remind you that the UB Football Insider TV show comes your way every Thursday night at 730 on the CW23. More with Coach Leipold when we return. This is the UB Football Insider show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. We're presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. Time to talk about this Saturday's game. It's the Bulls making the trip to Philadelphia to play in Lincoln Financial Field against the Temple Owls. Our game preview is brought to you by Town BMW, the official auto partner of UB Athletics Coach. Temple coming in off of uh, a disappointing loss for them, mm -hmm. losing to crosstown rival Villanova, which is a a ranked FCS team, but mm -hmm. anytime a, a, a well thought of FBS team loses to an FCS team, it has to sort of rankle the fan base and the coaching staff a little, doesn't it? Well, you know, I think as a coaching staff, you don't have a lot of time to, to sit there and, and, you know, wallow in it. You, you got to get moving on to the next game and they got to, you know, want to correct their errors and that, you know, Villanova is an excellent football program, has great tradition when it, when it's a city rivalry like that. A lot of things, I, I saw something, I think that series is almost even in its matchups throughout, through history. Um, last year was a very close game and, and Villanova was probably in a little bit of a down year last year, record wise anyway. So those, those things are always going to be close. So, um, you know, everybody makes great improvements once they see themselves in game situations. I know their staff and their players will be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, they are a team, Temple, that was picked to finish second in, in their division yeah. in the American Athletic Conference coming off a bowl game. What else did you learn from the game that, you know, because, again, you're as curious as anybody to yeah. see what Temple really looked like. I, I thought the thing that's jumped out at me was they were outgained 405 to 251 their offense never really seemed to get much rhythm going yeah and that you know time of possession probably was a little part of that that Villanova is able to kind of hang on to the ball and, and do some things I think the thing that strikes out though that'll be a lot different for our for our team when we see it is the the size of Temple the the length when we talk about in, in coaching terms their height at certain positions um, defensive end the size of the D tackles I think they have an outstanding athletic linebacker core um, 
Um, you know, and so those are going to be the things that will be slightly different. The, the, they've always, in the last couple of years, even since Matt Rule was there, but if you go back before him, Steve Adazio, Al Golden, those people have really built that program on them being a, a physical, tough football team. And I think after a loss like that, they're, they're going to come out and be ready to be physical on Saturday. But again, the size overall from what we just lined up against, I think is going to be a big challenge for us. So what's the challenge for for your program anytime you play quote-unquote up to a mm-hmm. bigger division or a bigger, more well-regarded conference, and now that you've said that the size is there, these guys mm-hmm. are going to be bigger, faster than than maybe even MAC-level players, what's the challenge for you as a coaching staff to get the players ready to handle that? Well, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, the, the American Athletic Conference is – you know, try to put itself in the conversation of being a power conference uh, along with, the, you know, the, the SEC, Big Ten, and those. So that's a great opportunity for, for a mid-American school to go in and line up and play against those schools. Um, but, but all in all, our players aren't overly concerned about it. They, they want to get better. They want to try to have a chance to go into Lincoln Financial Field and, and have a, you know, it's a great opportunity to, to, to play in an NFL stadium, play against a, a very good opponent, and have a, ch- a chance to take the next step and be the type of team we want to be is this one of the first opportunities that you've had to coach a game in an NFL stadium and and talk a little bit about it's pretty cool it's pretty exciting uh you know they're gonna your players are gonna see that stadium on national tv Thursday night when the Eagles open up yes uh you know and and that'd be kind of neat because you know Thursday night tonight that you know is not a lot of obligations for us so I guess chance to see that uh personally you know I've never given that a whole lot of thought as a head coach I I think it is you know um you know, as a maybe some other stops along the way as a graduate assistant or something, had a chance to be in some. But, uh, but again, uh, I've always felt when once the game's kicked off, everything's at eye level anyway. You don't have a lot of lot of opportunities to look around and do things, and it's it's our job to give our our guys the best chance to win. With Bulls head coach Lance Leipold, this is the UB Football Insider Show. We're talking about the game on Saturday, a 3:30 kickoff for the Bulls against the Temple Owls. It's the keys to the game, and they are presented by Town BMW. We don't often, and probably this is. Uh, bad on my part. We don't often talk as much about special teams as we should and the reason I bring it up today is Temple had two blocks in the game against Villanova. They blocked 20 kicks in the last five years, the most of any FBS team. So is special teams any more of a focus for your guys with that in mind than it would normally be? Well, it, not just that. We had a we had an extra point blocked and uh, you know on Saturday. So we, we have a chance. We've been very... Uh, inconsistent in in our you know extra point field goal game really you know since I've been here and since we've been here as a staff and that's disappointing and that's something that we have to make sure we work on but if it was one simple thing it's easy to kind of address and go it's usually something you know separate each time but yeah it's always concerning with a team again that's going to find ways to to create situations within special teams but that said I, I was very pleased for an opening game you know, where we were at in special teams. I, I think we took a positive step forward in, in some of the things that we're doing. We're going to continue to work on that. I think our adjustments staffing-wise and how we're approaching special teams has definitely been a benefit. All right, good luck on Saturday, Coach. Thank you very much, Paul. It's the Bulls and the Temple Owls, 3.30 at Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday. You'll hear it right here on ESPN 1520. We'll take a break because we're in a hurry. We're rushing to get to our next guest. George Rushing, the Bulls wide receiver, joins us when we return on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway, Buffalo's original pizzeria. It's the Bulls and the Temple Owls this weekend. 
from Philadelphia, a 3.30 kickoff that you'll hear right here on ESPN 1520, and you can see it on ESPN3. Our guest may have had the greatest debut in Bulls football history. <laughs> two catches, two touchdowns. In his very first game, we welcome in Bulls wide receiver George Rushing. Has that all sunk in for you? Could you have imagined starting things that way, George? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I try not to think too much. I just go out there and react. <laughs> um, I thought the, the one fun, you know, you score the first touchdown, and in the second one, they just don't cover you, right? I mean, how often has that happened in your football career? Never and ever. <laughs> Never, ever? <laughs> no. Sometimes they always say those are the ones that, that are, like, harder to catch because you know the Oh, no, they're way harder right? to catch. You want to make sure you focus. If you drop it, you drop it on national te television. Like, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, well, in this case, you didn't, and you get the two touchdowns, which is a great way to get it started. It's an interesting story, George. I think some Bulls fans are familiar with it, but we'll reiterate it. You uh, were a very high recruit out of Miami, Florida. You go to Wisconsin, where you are a key player for the Badgers for four years, 39 games played, 18 catches you were forced to miss last year because of injury was it in that last year where you kind of thought is there another place for me is there a better place for me I mean honestly I mean I had thought about it a couple of years but I mean for myself like it was the most important for me to get my degree and just like I mean I love playing Wisconsin like it was nothing wrong with Wisconsin I love the coaches I love the people like one actually one of the players we've been friends since 10th grade so we came there together and we went through it and so with him graduating and just kind of seeing the flow of where the team was going where what we were doing the offense like I felt like the best thing for myself was to go somewhere else and really be able to show my ability because I feel like in the offense I was it's so limited and we actually don't throw the ball that much and it's like okay I played almost 40 games for Wisconsin. Like, I mean, I have enough film. Like, I need to go somewhere and show what I can actually do. So you earned the right by graduating mm -hmm. to utilize the NCAA's graduate transfer option. Mm -hmm. um, so now you're deciding, okay, I, I want to go somewhere else where I can play more, where I can be a bigger part of the offense. Mm -hmm. What leads you to picking Buffalo? I mean, obviously, I mean, coming from Wisconsin, I mean, a lot of our coaches coached at Wisconsin, from Wisconsin. So, I mean, you heard a lot of positive things from them. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, having Coach Ionello as a receiver coach, that's a great opportunity. I mean, especially with his resume. I mean, having Coach Gilmore the past previous three years and having Coach Betty my freshman year. I mean, I have the opportunity to say that I had three great receiver coaches. I mean, learn so much from them. Like, you could really do a lot of things on the field. Now, from the outside, someone yeah. might say, "Well." gee, the Bulls already have a number one wide receiver in Anthony mm -hmm. Johnson. They already have a pretty clear established number mm -hmm. two in K.J. Osborne. Mm -hmm. So so where would a guy like you mm -hmm. fit in? But I, I sense in talking to mm -hmm. you that those were positives for you along with the ability to play mm -hmm. with a quarterback like Tyree Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I kind of already been through this situation before because, I mean, one of my friends, um, Christian Blake, he played for NIU. He was our number three receiver in high school, and we had uh, a different dude named Trayvon Lee. He plays for Duke. And so, I mean, we had I mean we had a quarterback. Actually, he starts for uh, Kansas now, but he originally went to Washington State. And so, for myself, it was like, I mean, I've been in this situation. I mean, every, and especially in the offense like this, everybody can contribute. Everybody could do – they could really – I mean, A.J. could get 1,000 yards. K.J. could get 1,000 yards. And I could get, I get 1,000 yards. I mean, that easily would be in the awesome, offense. by the way, George. I mean, I think – I think who did that? West Kentucky did it last year, a year before. Oh, we're going to get yeah. John Fuller, uh, the, the crack stats man here. At yeah, I think somebody did it a couple years ago. So but I, but last time a college yeah. team had 3,000-yard yeah. receivers, we're going to get – George yeah. has got us thinking about that. We're going to work on that. We're with yeah. George Rushing, yeah. Bulls graduate transfer wide receiver who comes to UB yeah. from the University of Wisconsin, yeah. joining us here on the UB Football Insider.
Insider Show. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have said this before, mm-hmm. but I want you to tell everybody mm-hmm. again, one of the reasons you came here was Tyree Jackson, mm-hmm. and you have not been shy about saying he may be the best quarterback you've ever played with mm-hmm. or seen, and you mm-hmm. have played in the Big Ten mm-hmm. against the highest level of college football. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way he goes about it. I mean, just some of the decisions you made, like we'd be in practice and he'd just see something like, hey, like, line up right here. Like, or like we'd be in the middle of play and you see him make a check and it's like, whoa, like he just really – like a lot of quarterbacks, you know, you kind of listen to your coach and you just kind of play within the offense. But, like, he really takes on the game and, like, hey, like, hey, I'm doing this. And, like, he know he may have repercussions if this doesn't go well, but he just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm out here making plays. And, like, you really, like, just to see that confidence in your quarterback and the fact that he has that confidence in you, like, it gives you confidence as a player. I think a lot of us thought going into the Delaware State game that we, we know the connection between Tyree and A.J. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how how is Tyree going to match, going to alter that when he knows teams are going to try to take away A.J. Mm-hmm. and he has other weapons? And I think that was clear. Your mm-hmm. two touchdowns, mm-hmm. K.J.'s two touchdowns, of the six touchdowns he throws go to four different receivers. Was Mm -hmm. that a little bit of a growth step that you saw in Tyree's ability to let things come to him? I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, I think he's been growing all the fall camp. Like, I mean, just kind of like, okay, like we have other guys, like I can kind of spread it out. But I mean, also, I mean, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's not going to just throw it in triple coverage, double coverage. So like he sees that, he's looking around, he's trying to make a play. And so, I mean, I think he just played within the offense, honestly. 45 and 10, the career record in your time at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, bowl games, championships, you name it, you won mm-hmm. it there. Yeah. How much have you been able to bring that attitude towards a program and a team here that is maybe still trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to cross that last hurdle to be championship caliber? I mean, I just try to – this is, I mean, the biggest thing, just like I told my teammates in the summer, like when I step on the field, like I don't want I don't want anybody making assumptions just because I came from Wisconsin. Like I'm not any different than any of you guys. Like we're a team. Like I'm here on Buffalo. Like I am a Buffalo Bull. Like it's nothing different than I'm doing that you should do. But like just kind of leading by example how I go about my business, like watching film and how I practice and like doing different things. And so a lot of guys, like they noticed that and some of them emulated. And like a lot of our young guys, like they start to do some of the things that they see me do. And like, I mean, you, when you see that, like, you know, you really, making a difference like I feel like you're not really doing anything if you're not bringing anybody with you Cardinal Gibbons High School down in Miami Florida a Mm. a powerhouse in Mm. South Florida you already rattled off a couple Mm. names of guys that you play with that Mm. are playing major college football Um, what's it like to play down there in maybe the greatest most competitive part of this country maybe Mm. you you could argue Texas with me I'm sure you will um but what's it like to play, and how much has that prepared you for your college careers? I mean, honestly, I mean, I remember my first game. I actually started versus LSU, and we played LSU as a freshman. I remember my coach walked up to me and was like, George, you start, you start. And I was like, what? I looked at him and was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm starting. Like, <laughs> LSU. And I was just like, whoa. Like, I was kind of nervous at first. And then, like, once you step out there, like, you notice that the game is not as fast as you necessarily think. And playing, like, playing down there, like, in Miami and the Florida area, like, the game isn't much faster than what you see because you play against great players every day. I mean, I got to see Sony Michelle and Isaiah McKenzie. Like, I mean, you play Tavares McFadden. Like, you play so many different players and you get a chance to see so many different players play that it's just so competitive. Like, you go to 707, like, you playing against Quincy Wilson. You playing against, like, all these different caliber players. So, like, you go against each other. Like, you go against the best of the best every single week. So, like, it's like I could play, like, one of the worst teams and they corner could not be that good and he could get an offer if he stopped me on one play. <laughs> And so it's like, yo, like, I got to beat him all game because they're going to come at me with their best shot because everybody 
wants to be the best. And I think that's probably the biggest thing about playing, like, down south, like, in Florida, because it's like everybody wants to beat everybody. And everybody's trying to get an offer. Everybody wants to show that they're better than everybody else. And everybody – even if you – let's say you're playing versus somebody that's ranked, they want to show that, hey, like, I am that guy. So, I mean, it definitely gets you ready because, like, it's not like you go into a game like, oh, I'm just, like, playing this team. Like, no, like, you got to actually play. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Looking for plenty of rushing yeah. touchdowns through the air this season for the Bulls. George Rushing, Bulls wide receiver. George, thanks for the time. Good luck at Temple. I appreciate it. More to come here on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. I'm voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck. We are presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. We thank Coach for some insight into the big win over Delaware State and a preview of Saturday's game against the Temple Owls. And now we're pleased to welcome in University at Buffalo, Director of Athletics, 1-0 in his athletics range here at UB. Mark Allnut joins us, and uh, that's got to feel good. I want you to just give me a sense of the satisfaction that you you had in this role that you're in now watching the Bulls come up with a big win on Well, Saturday. first of all, it does feel good. I mean, you're waiting with anticipation in terms of what that first game is going to look like. And it started early with uh, folks arriving at Stampede Square and then filling into the stadium. You know, so impressed with our students. You know, what a, what a great student turnout. You know, the energy – you know, from our students, uh, it was it was tremendous, and overall, just the attendance was uh, very well for a Labor Day weekend. And and again, you look at the opponent that we play; people showed showed up and showed out, which which I like. So overall, A plus, which I'm very proud of the the program and the direction it's going. You know, much as coach was had the anticipation level of wanting to see what his new team looks like for the first time, there had to be a level of that with you of everything that you've heard about all the good things that are going on at UB, but the f- chance to finally see them with your own eyes. Did anything surprise you even on the positive side? Well, you, you know, no, no surprises. You know, for me, it's just to uh, evaluate, you know, game day, you know, the, the atmosphere, everything leading up to kick, um, you know, obviously the things that happen, you know, from kick to the end of the game. And, and again, I was very impressed in terms of, you know, how our staff put together a great product, how our student athletes played on the field and, and entertain, you know, people. What about Tyree Jackson and, and the opportunity that, that that he played that first half? So, you know what, I'll, I'll walk away uh, very impressed with uh, what, what we have going on and really looking forward to this upcoming game. With Bulls Director of Athletics Mark Allnut here on the UB Football Insider Show. Um, I know one of the things that you like to do is get some feedback from people. You like to walk through the crowd. I know I'm pretty sure you, I didn't see you, but you walked through Stampede Square. What's some of the feedback that you were getting uh, from Bulls fans that were there at the game about what they see, what, they've, what they're anticipating? Uh, give us a sense of what some of those conversations were like. You know, it was a carryover of what I've heard from the spring to the summer in terms of, again, we talk about the word anticipation, the anticipation for the season. You know, people were excited to finally see, you know, our, our team in action. You know, you, you hear Tyree Jackson. Jackson, you hear Anthony Johnson, you know, Khalil Hodge, you, you heard all those names. But, you know, for me, it was also just r- really sitting in and, and getting a true feel of what Stampede Square is all about, you know, what the Gusevich Club is, is all about, you know, going to the Champions Club, you know, and, and seeing the folks that, you know, partake in activity during pregame and halftime. So you know, a lot of positive feedback. Um, and again, I, I go back to our students. You know, there are so many people that were so proud of the student turnout. And, and again, we, we, we want that to happen and be consistent every game. So, obviously, uh, the next step in a lot of this is you getting all those people to come back, to, to have walked out of there on Saturday and say, I had a great time. Where, when's the next one? And we know that's coming up a week from Saturday against Eastern Michigan. So how do you as, as the athletics director in this entire athletics organization work to continue to keep that momentum going? Well, well, for example, uh, you know, first of all, I, I commend uh, Coach Leipold and, and the staff and, and our football student athletes in terms of their ability and their want to 
to, to go out into the community, go out into the university community and, and really push, you know, our, our product and, and really be uh, self-promoters, so to speak. Our our marketing sales team, they do a great job. Our ticket people do a great job. So, for example, before we go to Temple, you know, we're doing a kind of a victory march, you know, around Heim Elementary School. What a great opportunity for those young kids to see our, our football student athletes parade around the school, almost like an impromptu pep rally. <laughs> and, and so from, from that standpoint, again, we are heightening the awareness. You know, we're going to be obviously talking about the game you know, against Temple, but you know, from my standpoint, you know, I'll be there with the with the principal and other faculty members and staff members talking about, hey, we need you at the uh, at the Eastern Michigan game and and being able to um, you know make sure people know what's happened to Eastern Michigan. And then you look at the build up for this previous game, and it's going to happen even more so for the Eastern Michigan game is our staff and student athletes on campus and you know their ability to interact with our students, our faculty and staff. You know, to me really made a difference in terms of the turnout that was on Saturday night. We talked with Coach a little bit about this coming week's game at Temple in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. Coach even said th- these are the matchups that he likes. He, he likes to test his team against, you know, what some perceive to be a higher-level conference in the American. Um, you know, I know some of that falls on you as far as visions for scheduling and stuff, but is this is this got a lot of positive things for you as an athletic director to say, boy, we get to go to a big city in a big stadium against a really good team. Um, does this fall in the sweet spot of where you want to see uh, the schedules move? Yeah, Yes, it does. Uh, you know, for me, it's all about the student-athlete experience. So the opportunity for our student-athletes to to go to Philadelphia, play in an NFL-caliber stadium, uh, to play against, uh, you know, a, a team from uh, from the American Conference that is a, is a very good conference. I had the opportunity to uh, compete against those, uh, sure, those folks. Sure, you're familiar yeah. with it, right? And, you know, a very, very physical team, very, very good team. So, again, you know, the opportunity for our kids to, to get on a plane, to, to go to Philadelphia, uh, to, to play an NFL um, stadium, and then more importantly for a team like that to come back to Buffalo now so our fans next year. next year so now that our fans can be able to experience them in person the folks who you know will not have the opportunity to go to Philadelphia so that that is on the sweet spot in terms of how we want to schedule obviously we look at a power five scheduling and then you know we look at uh, some group five opportunities which uh, you know this is the one this year along with Army so uh, I, I like this matchup I like the schedule and it's something we're going to try to you know lean towards it towards you know in the, in the future years right with Bulls director of athletics Mark Allnut here on the UB football insider show not just football off to the good start talk a little bit about the the other fall sport, sports that are uh, rolling right now uh, i had the opportunity to go to ithaca new york uh, cornell university to be exact uh, last friday night to 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 watch our our volleyball program and our soccer program compete against cornell and you know for me to kind of get out of uh, buffalo and 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 make that trip and support our, our coaches and our student athletes it uh, it meant a lot to them it meant a lot to me to see them in action so soccer you know, ran away with a, a 2-0 victory, and overall their record is 3-1. Uh, and one. You know, volleyball lo- lost a tough five-set match to, to Cornell, lost 15-13. You know, we were on the edge of our seats uh, the entire match. But, uh, you know, they've had a great start as well. They rebounded the following day, beat St. John's, beat Siena, and so now they're 5-1. and one. So, you know, great start to the fall uh, season. I can't forget about cross-country. Men's cross-country team goes to Toledo Friday night, and, and they, they come in second overall with that uh, very competitive field. So, great start. Let's, yeah. let's continue that momentum, Paul. A lot of good stuff going on here. Mark, thanks for the time. Looking forward to seeing you in Philadelphia this yeah. weekend. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate Mark Allnut is the University of Buffalo Director of Athletics. Good update from him on all the good stuff going on here on campus. When we come back, we continue the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. 
Welcome back. It's the final segment of the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. We always save the best for last, and that means Assistant Athletic Director for Communications. John Fuller is here to fill us all full of interesting knowledge and tidbits. We've got a couple from the game Saturday. We've got a lot more about this week's coming game against Temple. But let's start with the win over Delaware State and the performance by Tyree Jackson, John, and where that ranks. Uh, I know you're doing a little editing of the Bulls record book on that one. Yeah, obviously Tyree had a huge game, uh, you know, not necessarily passing yardage-wise, but through six touchdown passes. Five in the first half. First player in quarterback of school history to throw five first-half touchdowns. You know, I think he had uh, – Five of the first six possessions went right down and scored. You know, just a great game for Tyree. He was uh, he earned MAC Player of the Week uh, honors from uh, from the Mid American Conference. So just a, just a great start for Tyree. And it really put in perspective how well that game was. You know, we all know how well Tyree played last year. He had 12 touchdown passes last year, which were great. He had half of that yeah. in basically two and a half, a little over two quarters on Saturday. So yeah. I think uh, we're, you know it's going to be a fun year. And think about it, he had nine touchdown passes in the last four games. So now in the last five games, he's had 15 touchdown yeah, passes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it, it's not a school record, as crazy as that sounds, right. but everybody will remember that the school record was the crazy seven overtime game by Drew Anderson, who threw the seven touchdown passes. So technically, Tyree is still second on the list. But I thought it was great that Tyree said to us in the postgame show that as soon as he got back to his locker, he had a text from Drew Anderson, which basically said, thanks for letting me hold the record at least one more week. That's great. <laughs> when you think about it, that game would have gone to seven overtimes on Saturday. I think he would have thrown... Would have been patient, we'll throw about 16 touchdown yeah. passes. So it's it's crazy. So uh, tied for the national lead, I believe. Yeah. Right? There's a couple other guys that threw six this weekend, right? Yeah, two other quarterbacks threw six um, on on the weekend as well. So right. Okay. So now let's shift our gears to this Saturday's game at Temple Lincoln Financial Field, the 3:30 kickoff here on ESPN 1520, and something will happen to the Bulls uh, in that game on in that stadium that hasn't happened in three years, four yeah. years. Yeah, you go have to go back to September nineteenth, two thousand fifteen. Is the last time uh, the UB football team has played on grass. That's They've been on artificial turf every game since then. There's only nine players on this roster that have played on grass in their UB careers. That's amazing, is, is, isn't is it? Pretty incredible. That's amazing. That really is uh, pretty unbelievable. So, all right, other interesting tidbits as it relates to playing Temple, whose home field is Lincoln Financial Field. Now, of course, the Eagles are going to open the NFL season, defend their Stanley, their Super Bowl championship on Thursday, and then come right back to this game on Saturday. But playing in an NFL stadium is a little bit of a unique uh, tidbit as well, too, isn't it? Yeah, not a lot of college teams obviously share a, a stadium with an NFL team, but the Bulls have this will be the sixth different NFL stadium the Bulls have played in over the, over their history. Uh, they've also played at they played obviously the biggest game was at Ford Field. They won the MAC championship in 2008 with the Lions play. They played UMass at Gillette Stadium with mm -hmm. the Patriots play. They played at Pitt, which is uh, Heinz Field, also host home of the Steelers. Uh, they played at uh, the Metrodome, right, uh, which isn't doesn't exist anymore. They played Minnesota back in 2002. So and our, the and, and the one here, and, oh, in Buffalo. And obviously the one right here, yeah. the Ralph Wilson Stadium in 2013. So it's been five or six stadiums, NFL stadiums that the, the Bulls have played in this. this right. This and by year. the way, for people that are wondering, uh, Temple is one of five college football teams that share their home field currently, you need to say currently, yes. with an NFL 
team. I know you could rattle them off for everybody. Well, the here, current you? you say currently because I was you have to be say that. Yes, USC. USC, USC currently right. plays in uh, in in the Coliseum in Los Angeles where right. um, um, where the, the Rams, Rams play currently. Where they're building a new stadium, so that'll change. Uh, you have uh, Miami, mm-hmm. uh, where, where University of Miami plays, Sears Stadium, where the Dolphins play. Uh, obviously, we talked about Heinz Field. Yep. And uh, but USF, USF. Yeah, that's the one everybody tends yeah, to forget. They, they share a stadium with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So, so uh, used to be New Orleans used to be on that list too, but now Tulane has its own stadium and doesn't play in the Superdome. I think the last time we were we played at Temple, they were still playing in the Superdome, so that was always on that list as yeah, well too. Correct, so, correct. but it's just kind of a and it's and it's a great experience, and and I think the players like the opportunity to go play. You know, literally, they'll watch that game on Thursday and they'll be playing on that field on Saturday. That's that's pretty cool. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, what else are you looking for in this game? And uh, uh, you know, I know it's uh, there, there's been a weird. Uh, some of the biggest wins in school history have come against Temple, but then the, some of the biggest losses. Well, too. right. I mean, they've lost three. They started out when um, when when. Uh, um, Temple joined the MAC. Obviously, mm-hmm. there used to be a, a, a member of the Mid American Conference, and uh, and the Bulls owned Temple early on when they when they joined the MAC. But now Temple, you know, were really strong in the later years in the, in the Mid American Conference. Actually, beat uh, you know beat the Bulls the last three. I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is. You know, a win on Saturday will have, the Bulls will be two and zero on the season, which they've never done as an FBS program. They've never started a season two and zero. So I'd love to, you know, I'd love to see that. Well, happen there you on go. Saturday. If, if that, that's the ultimate uh, goal to play for, of course, playing for two and zero always. But for the first time in FBS history, that'll be a lot of fun, and this will be, I think, a very significant kind of put you beyond the map game if the Bulls can go in and win this one. Yeah, no question about. It. I mean, I mean, Temple. Look, they, yes, they lost to Villanova on Saturday, but but they're a good team. They're picked to finish high in their conference. They they won. I think they finished their year last year by winning five of their last six. Won, won a bowl game. Really finished strong. There were high, high expectations on their team this year, so I think this will be a really solid win if the Bulls can get it. All right, so it's going to be a good one. It's a three thirty kickoff Saturday at Lincoln Financial Field. We'll be on the air with our pregame show here on ESPN fifteen twenty at twelve at two thirty three thirty kickoff, and of course you can see the game on ESPN three as well too. John, thanks for the uh, plethora of tidbits this week no problem all right putting the pressure on every week we need that from you john fuller assistant athletic director for communications that'll wrap up this edition of the ub football insider show with lance leipold presented by santora's pizza pub and grill on millersport highway we will see you on saturday from philadelphia this is the ub football insider show from learfield this has been ub football insider with lance leipold the preceding has been a learfield presentation 